to honor America with the performance of the national anthem, eight-time Grammy Award winner, Chris Stapleton. Jose, can you see by the dawn's early light oh, so broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight all the ramparts we walked were so of us not to play one of the best renditions of the Star Spangled Banner we've heard at a Super Bowl in recent history. My name is Paul Sebastiani. This is the Hour of Power podcast. We haven't heard his voice for a little while, but he joins us on the line from all the way in the States, Chris Perkins. I thought we'd introduce our little podcast edition of the Hour of Power with a nice little sentimental touch, sir. How was that? That worked. The problem with you doing that is anytime I hear the national anthem, I feel a requirement to stand up and put my hand over my heart. Yes, so That's you not should. not the easiest thing to do when you're driving down the highway at 100 kilometers. <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't be. It would not be. <laughs> that, 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 could be that could be a little bit dangerous, and the Missouri Highway Patrol would probably have a few questions for me. They would. Like, what the hell were you doing? Do you reckon they'd let you off if they told you what you were doing? Probably not. No. No. They, they, they see big rig and they see dollars. And you, you, know, you know the story about, you know, cops, you know, traffic cops. Uh, you know, they, they're probably under a quota, you know, write a certain amount of tickets in terms of money. And they they would look at me and just see dollar signs and their tax registers going off. So. And I've got a personal policy of I never want to give a board cop something to do. Yes, I like that idea. <laughs> That's a wise a wise thing to do. A wise thing to do. Yeah. Don't give so, them anything to do. So, but, 
But but listen, that Chris Stapleton rendition of the anthem, I put it number two on my list. Nothing's going to top Whitney Houston in 91 at Super Bowl 25 yep. down in Tampa. Yep. Right, you know, right at the start of the, the first Gulf War, the, the patriotic juices over here were flowing, mm-hmm. and Whitney belted out a classic rendition of the anthem. And, you know, that, that will forever be number one on my list. Yeah, it's it's tough to disagree. I, I do, I must admit, when the Chris Stapleton version does get played, I do get, I do get a bit emotional, uh, Chris. I, I just, I don't know. There's just something about that anthem that just, it just hits right in the heart, right in the core of, uh, I just think of, of a lot of humans, uh, and I'm definitely one of them. So, uh, could you imagine me? Could you imagine being a player <laughs> oh, ridiculous. standing on the sideline ridiculous. about to play in the Super Bowl and you hear that? Yeah. Oh, the the, the, the emotions, the, the adrenaline just going to be running through you, and you're going to want to run through a brick wall. Mm, you're mm. just going to be so amped up. I feel like, I, feel like know, doing it, that right now. That game, <laughs> Yeah, it's shocking that that game didn't start with, like, six personal foul penalties on the first play. <laughs> uh, we did see um, it, Nick Sirianni uh, was, was in tears, if we remember that. But um, now a sign's been made of him and his tears, uh, and everyone's laughing at him at the moment. So uh, make of that what you will, Chris. Make of that what you will. I reckon yeah, we get... Well, we, well, look. Go okay, ahead. Cowboy fan. Are we going to start there today? Are we actually going to start there today? There's a bit. There's a bit of water under the bridge since we've last uh, been on air. Um, they, I mean, they, they are potentially a Super Bowl threat, uh, but um, San Francisco 49ers have been. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. They, they've been pretty bombproof um, since we last spoke, and. Uh, it also helps when you don't have as many injuries as they did last season. I would assume that that's been part of the case of them really pushing themselves into uh, into Super Bowl uh, favoritism with our bookies over here. But what I will do is we will start with this, Chris. Now, hey, and then that, well, hold on just a second. Now, I've been doing a lot of talking, but don't, the things that you said, if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. Hey, 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 thanks to you guys, y'all did the walking, all right? Hey, and one thing, this week I'm not going to say a word. You know how I feel, but I'm not going to say a word, but I will say one thing right now. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> I just had to. <laughs> Listen, you, you should be feeling that way. The, I, the Cowboys last week, they they had a massive game against Philadelphia mm-hmm. at Jerry World, and the Cowboys smoked the Eagles. Yeah. Like they, they really shifted the balance of power momentarily at least. In the NFC East, and they're they're level with they're level with the Eagles in terms of record. Yep, ten and three. The the switch gets flipped though, because remember the Eagles have just run a gauntlet, a five game gauntlet where they went three and two, but you know nice a nice win against Kansas City, nice win against Buffalo. They've kind of slipped up the last couple of weeks. They've let Dallas at least get their foot in the door. 
But things kind of change now. Now it's going to be Dallas that has the rougher schedule coming in. And the Philadelphia Eagles, let's be honest, I mean, the, their schedule the last four weeks is charming soft. It really is. It's it's almost cupcake. It's cupcake type territory, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it almost looks that way. Two games against the New York Giants, although I wouldn't sleep on the New York Giants the way they looked last week um, with, with Tommy DeVito, the way they looked on Monday night with Tommy DeVito. Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> you know, Tommy Cutlets. Yeah, good. Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> With, with, I, I figured you'd appreciate this. An oh, Italian yeah. boy from Jersey making good. Yeah, good. <laughs> and, and how about it? And how about his? Uh, how about his agent? Oh, Sean Sean Stellato. Sean Stellato. Yeah. Sean <laughs> all he Stilato. needed. All he needed was the Tommy gun last week under his under his trench coat. <laughs> oh, are, are we sure he didn't have one? There? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he did. <laughs> uh, li- listen, man. Listen, man, Sean Stilato, he looks like what every non-Italian thinks an Italian looks like. <laughs> like that, that is the prototype. It really I, I, is. It's absolutely brilliant, and he's a great story. You know, you know undrafted kid, um, gets to play for his hometown team, gets to start games for his hometown team, plays on Monday night football, plays Falls out, winds up getting a hell of a win on Monday Night Football. That really keeps the Giants in playoff contention. Mm. And you know, like I said, they got two games. The Eagles coming up to to wrap the season in the final three weeks. Eagles had better watch out because if they slip up, Cowboys are right there. Cowboys have a massive game in Buffalo on Sunday. Yep, in Week Fifteen. Uh, this is going to be a horse race all the way to the end for that for that NFC East title. Maybe the one seed in the NFC, although San Francisco is going to have something to say about it. Uh, and the playoff positioning. And, and for the Cowboys, how massive is home field advantage for them? Mm. Oh, huge. Absolutely the, huge. The, because, listen, if, if the Cowboys have to go on the road, first of all, play a wild card game. So you got that extra week in there, but have to go on the road. Maybe, uh, I, admittedly, that that first round game. Let's say they get the wild card. It's going to be against the winner of the NFC South, and that's spelled S O U F because that's the grade that division deserves right now because everybody has a losing record. Um, you you would think the Cowboys would be a favorite, but then their second round game, their divisional round game be San Francisco or Philadelphia on the road. And the Cowboys are a different team away from home on a grass field. Just just a fact of life right now for mm. the Cowboys. They're, mm. they're uh, Jerry World's a fortress right now. What is it now, 15 in a row? They won it is, yeah, 15 in a row. That's correct, yep. Uh, the, to go on the have to go on the road – to play a playoff game despite having a great record would totally suck for them. Mm. So they, they've got to be focused on, you know, winning out, hoping Philly slips up because Philly would hold the tiebreaker if both teams went out based on conference records. Correct. Uh, so they would win the division. Uh, so they've got to hope Philly slips up somewhere, but at the same time take care of business, including this road game coming up week 15, on Sunday against Buffalo, mm. in Buffalo. 
Yeah, I I do think Dallas will drop one game in that patch. I, I, you know, on the road against the Bills uh, is always difficult. And the Bills are just... I think the Bills have just slowly started to turn the corner with regards to their form as well. I know they've been a little bit hit and miss this season. The 7-6 and six record... Does the seven and six record with the Bills paint a true picture as to how they've gone this season? I don't think so. Seven mm. and six. Seven and six. I mean, Bill Parcells always says, "You are what your record says." You are. Yep. They are a seven and sixteen, but you think about a couple of those losses. We're talking about a missed field goal and a twelve minute on the field penalty from being nine and four. Because remember the end of that Denver game. When Denver was trailing, kicked a, you know, attempted a field goal, missed it, but Buffalo had 12 on the field. Yep. Which gave Denver a second chance to kick the game-winning field goal, which they converted. Those two plays right there, if those don't happen, they're a 9-4 team, mm. and they're right in the thick looking for the one seed in the AFC. Not just scraping for a playoff spot. They're, they're fighting... They're fighting Miami for the AFC East title and the one seed once again. You know, Josh Allen's being criticized heavily for, for his turnovers, and yeah, he's turning the ball over a lot, but man, the guy's making plays. The guy's making plays like crazy to get Buffalo back into this position where they can make the playoffs, and they're heating up right now. You don't want a team to heat up in December into January because they would be a very scary team to have to play in the playoffs. Mm. <clears throat> and they have been. The one thing with Buffalo is coming into new seasons over the last three to four seasons, they have been favorite, if not second favorite, with a lot of the bookies uh, heading into a new season to win the whole Super Bowl. So you have to respect that to a certain point. Uh, and, and, I mean, all it really does take is if you form at the right part of the season, anything's possible, Chris. This is the beauty of playoffs and the beauty of these type of fixtures. Yeah, just get into the tournament. You just need to be one of the 14 teams to get into the tournament. Anything's possible. Anybody can go on a heater, and especially a team that that scrapes into the playoffs, say, as a 6-7 team, one of the, the last two wildcard teams. You know, if you're one of those teams that have climbed into that spot, you're a scary team to play against. Yep. In, in a in a in a wild card game, in a, in a first round playoff game, because you know you're talking maybe a two or three seed may have had it locked up for a couple of weeks, mm. really haven't had a lot to play for, while your opposition has been on a playoff footing for three or four weeks, knowing one loss and. We're making vacation plans. We're, be, we're we're flying to Cabo in January. Yeah, instead exactly. of playing a football game. Exactly, exactly so right. That and and that is a tough footing to get on, in short order, especially when you're playing an opposition who has been there and been playing those playoff games late in the season. It happens in every sport, where where you get a team that that has. And struggle, been kind of mediocre. They catch fire late in the season. They scrape into the playoffs, mm. and then they pull that first round upset, and maybe even take it further, pull another upset, get to a conference title game, or you know, get to that, 
get to that penultimate uh, series in, in other sports, and then you know anything's possible at that point. So the what you want to do is just get into the tournament and then take your chances. That's exactly at, right. At that point, once you're in the tournament, mm. you're playing with house money. Just go out and go your hardest. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe you're lifting a maybe you're lifting a trophy and having a parade at the mm. end of it. Could very well be the case. Uh, and I, I wanted to speak of the team that went all the way last season. And I think it pertains beautifully because these, these are the two teams I want to get into next. The Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. They opened up the season back on the oh. 8th of September. And I still vividly remember you and I having this discussion about the Detroit Lions. The spread, they look great value. Kansas City Chiefs had a few injuries in that opening game. The Detroit Lions uh, got the job done done over them on the road, 20-21. to 21. And since then, it's been such a good season for Detroit. They would have been kicking themselves after that loss last week against the Bears. Uh, Jared Goff probably had probably his worst game of the season with regards to intercepts uh, and just really not being able to find his groove in that game. He went 20-35, 161 yards, a one TD and the two intercepts. It was just one of those days uh, for the Detroit Lions. But uh, you would suspect... I mean, given the way the NFC North has played out, that they should finish on top of that division. Yeah, you you would think. I mean, the, the thing is, the, the Lions the last couple of weeks, it's it's been a struggle. They, it they has. had a great they had a great first half of the season, but you know, the last couple of games, uh, you know, lose to the Bears, really. I mean, we're still not sure what the Bears are, mm. and I mean, just, although Justin Fields is starting to look a lot better, we we need to discuss this later on. Uh, you know, the Bears and their potential number one overall pick that they're getting from Carolina. What the hell do the Bears do with that? Mm. That that's going to be an interesting off-season discussion. With Chicago, Chicago Bears have because Justin Fields has looked a lot better lately. But yeah, you know, the the Lions they're nine and four. They're only a game out of that that one seat in the NFC. That's that's the crazy part. You 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 know talk and you know question the you know the the Lions and you know they pack you know the Lions lose to the Packers on Thanksgiving Day. They're sitting they're still mm. sitting at nine and four, a game out of that playoffs that that number one seed. And now you're questioning. Okay, if the Lions kind of hit the wall, the the defense isn't quite as good as we thought they'd be this year. the The pass rush hasn't been clicking. The the secondary hasn't been clicking. Things just kind of feel a little bit off from the Detroit Lions. And it's a damn shame for them because that fan base up there in Detroit they have suffered. <laughs> they have. They really this, this have. The fan base that they 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 haven't won a division in thirty years. I don't want a playoff game in 32 years. Mm. I don't want an NFL title since 1957. Okay? My mother was born in 1957. <laughs> God rest your soul. God bless That's her. That's a long time ago. It's a, it's so, a, it's I, a landmark that day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a it, – it's been a rough time for mm. Detroit, and they deserve this. And, and the way things so – the, the way the season ended last year, they were on such a high ending the season. Start out this year, go to Kansas City, beat the world champs. And Lions fans were on top of the world, and now they're nervous. And this is not a time to be nervous if well, you're any fan base. 
I think, I do believe, uh, hang on, we are just getting some news in through uh, Dennis Green, who's just sent a, a message to uh, the Detroit Lions fans. The Bears are who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. There you go. Dennis Green. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful timing. That's his fault. God rest his soul too. Uh, that that was a, that was a legendary press conference that Monday night or out in Arizona, and, and everybody's like, "What the hell is he saying?" <laughs> no, I knew exactly what he was saying. Oh, I was the Bears team back in the day that that they let off the hook that night. <laughs> oh, anyway. dearie me! I love bringing back back. I love bringing up those old press conferences. Uh, so. Oh, that's the Detroit Lions. I mean, look, nine and four on top of the NFC North. And look, we, we know sometimes those in conf, uh, those in division rivalry games can really just spark up an opposition that might not be in form. I know Chicago did come off a win heading into that game against Detroit, but the form that Detroit had shown you know, for the large parts of the season was, I mean, it's been far better than what Chicago has showed. But uh, I mean, that's just the beauty of that's this the beauty of um, NFC North. It's a beauty of rivalry, and that's that's the way it's played out. Uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, there was a little question mark early in the season that Stephen A. Smith raised about them, uh, and he just said, "Look, they're probably locks uh, to do it all in the AFC West, but they aren't the absolute lock, stock, and barrel locks we've seen in previous seasons." Um, eight and five, Broncos hot on their heels at seven and six. Raiders hot on their heels now at six and eight. It's a very open AFC West to the back end of the season. Uh, to say the least, yes. Uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are quickly finding out how difficult life can be when you don't have wide receivers. Correct. You can catch the ball. I, they, they put so much on Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And they don't have a plan B. They don't have a second option uh, to throw the football to that, that you'll trust. Okay? I, sometimes they'll catch it. You'll throw it up there. Sometimes they'll catch it. 33 times, though, they've dropped the ball this year. Yeah. They, the wide receivers have dropped passes. And <clears throat> it, it's getting rough in Kansas City right now. And, you know, don't, you know, don't look back. Don't look back too much. But Denver's right there. Seven and six. They have been on fire lately. I think they what won five of their last six ball games. Mm, mm. The Broncos have. They've just been they they found their way. And considering where they were earlier this year when they gave up seventy to Miami. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Everybody was burying the entire Denver Broncos organization. Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, the ownership group. Hell, I think they were burying the mascot. Did they hold on? Did they? Did they? Uh, pre- did they press the nuke button, or did someone ask to press the nuke button? Because I've got history with that. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Listen, maybe. Maybe they did. Maybe somebody pulled a page out of the Paul Sebastiani book. (laughs) They might have. (laughs) Well, thankfully they didn't. (laughs) 
well, 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 listen, you were pushing the panic button hard on Kyle. Hey, hey, the, the, you, I you think, were pushing the, hey, Chris. You the, were pushing the blow, blow, the, <laughs> blow it to hell hey, sky the, high the, the whole damn thing. The threat of it, the threat of it has turned things around. <laughs> Some. Somebody had to appeal some paint off some wall. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely some very no doubt. Strong words at some point earlier this season. Oh yes. Because it is like it is like something has clicked in the Denver Broncos organization. Mm-hmm. Uh and and um, now all of a sudden Kansas City's not a lock to win this division. Now nope. a month and a half, two months ago, I, I told you off air, I'm selling the Chiefs. You did, yeah. You did. You I, did. I was not, I was not buying what Kansas City was selling, and, and it hasn't gotten any better. Now it's not like they can go out and pull a wide receiver off a scrap heap. Trade deadlines passed. Anybody who is worthy of playing wide receiver in the National Football League, guess what? They're playing wide receiver in the National Football League yep. right now. Yep. Or they're injured. Uh, so there's there's not an option. They've got to stick with what's in house. And it's a matter of these skill position guys actually showing the skills that got them into the league. Mm, exactly, exactly right. You know, it, it and you know, Sky, you know, Sky Moore, you know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. These are guys. These are professional football players. These are professional wide receivers. They are paid money to catch football. Mm. Do your job. Exactly. No, spot on. Make some. Make. You know. Make. Defenses worry about somebody other than Travis Kelsey because it's real easy to defend the Kansas City Chiefs when the only person you're mm. worried about catching a football is Travis Kelsey. Exactly, exactly. As Tony, as Tony Romo referred to him as uh, Taylor Swift's husband <laughs> on Sunday. It's getting to that uh, stage, actually, isn't it? Oh, uh, actually, actually he, refer- actually, he referred to Taylor Swift as, as Travis Kelsey's wife. He's that. I, <laughs> two things, right? Two things. Yeah. Has that has that whole fever pitch with regards to her becoming part of the Kansas City Chiefs clan? I'm being very facetious with this line of questioning here, Chris. Has that put them off? Maybe. No, no, let's do this. I I'm wondering. I <laughs> I, I was concerned because. Remember back during the Chiefs bye week? Mm-hmm. What happened during the Chiefs bye week? Taylor was down in South America. Who went to South America on their bye week to spend time with, with his woman? Now, listen, I am, not, I am not besmirching anybody flying halfway around the world yep. to, to be with their woman. I, I am not besmirching that whatsoever. Yep. You do you. If you can do it and you got the time off work to do it and you want to, go for it. Spot on. But, but you are opening yourself up to criticism for flying 13 hours one way. So we're, we're talking 26 hours in the air on the back of the Germany trip. Because remember, the Chiefs played in Germany the, the week before their bye. Mm-hmm. That's a whole lot of travel for somebody. You're opening yourself up to criticism for doing that if you come back and aren't putting up the numbers. And Travis Kelsey, the last couple of weeks coming off the bye, 
really hasn't been putting up the numbers. No, he hasn't, has he? That, that you expect from Travis Kelsey. Now, part of it is mm. defenses, they're locking down on him, but used to be Travis Kelsey, even if defenses are doubling him, he's going to get his numbers. He's going to make his catches. He's going to be there uh, to, to catch big passes. And there are times Kelsey disappears in the Chiefs' offense. Mm. So, again, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he was right or wrong for going. It's his personal life. It's his love life. He's probably yep. got his mama going, when are you going to give me some grandkids? <laughs> I've got that to deal with. Listen, mama, when, when mama speaks, you listen. Of course. That's of course. the way it always that, is. That's the but way it has been, mama, has been and, the way forever. And, mama Kelsey, and listen, Mama Kelsey looks like she kicks my ass. <laughs> You don't piss off Mama Kelsey. No, I reckon she would have kicked some in the backyard when they were young boys, the Kelsey uh, the Kelsey siblings. I reckon they would have had their butts handed to them on numerous occasions by, by their mother. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's an interesting scenario. Look, like I said, I'm being very facetious with that line of questioning and very, very, I would say tongue-in-cheek, but it, it, it could very well be something that affects them. I don't know. I mean, the form has dropped off consider- from, from last season. I mean, there's obviously a myriad of factors behind it too, but just... The final thing on Kansas City before we move along, Chris, I felt I found it very interesting. And I know Patrick Mahomes, you know, sometimes he can. I've never seen him fly off the handle like he did last week at the referee. And look, granted, was it a bad call? Yeah, probably to have the touchdown rescinded. I get it. But I think it was part of a deeper issue as well. I think he knows that all is not well. in the state of Denmark with regards to the Kansas City Chiefs at the moment. And the record suggests that and the performances suggest that as well. And I think that emotional outburst that the referee uh, was, I think, a buildup of all of that. Yeah, I, I think it was. Uh, first of all, that call was 100% right. Correct. It should have been made. Yep. It, it was a completely right call to make. It sucks that it ruins one of the greatest touchdowns of all time. From you know, from Mahomes to Kelsey, Kelsey having the, the vision to see Kadarius Tony five yards behind him, fifteen yards. Yeah, and, and listen, when when I was listening to the call, I was listening to the game, I was driving, and when that play happened, I'm like, what the hell just happened? They said there was a flag on the field. I hear the ref crack the mic, offsides, and I'm going nuts because offsides is never called against the offense. That's not a call that's normally made. Number 19 offense. What? And, and then you look at the play, it's like, oh, man, dude was way offside. I, that's, I don't let you get away with it if it's close. But when your foot is on the defensive side of the ball, not even just breaching the neutral zone by a toe, mm. but your foot's on the other side of the line, actually on the defensive side of the line, yeah, that, that's got to be called, and I'm a Chiefs fan. And I said, yeah, that, that was a penalty. But, you know, Mahomes' reaction, part of it, I think, was frustration. Yep. Uh, you know, his reaction on the field, that's obviously frustration about the call. Boiling up, you know, the frustration of, the, of a difficult season. And, and then his comments in the, in the postgame presser, which, which he apologized for the next day on a radio show in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, but his comments in the postgame presser, Part of that is just him having his guys back. You know, wanting to be the good teammate. 
you know, stand up for his guy. Now, behind the scenes, I, I don't know how many strips were torn off to Darius Tony. <laughs> I hope there were a few, and we never have this issue again. Mm. But at least publicly not ripping a teammate. And that's just the, that's just Patrick being a good teammate, yep. standing up standing up for his guy. Privately, uh, that could have been an interesting conversation to be a spy in. <laughs> Nice fly on the wall top scenario, I think. <laughs> exactly, precisely. That, that's one you'd that's one you'd want to see. But yeah, the the Chiefs they have got to get this stuff figured out yeah. real quick, or you know, there there's no guarantee they're going to win this AFC. I know, match. I know. It it can fall if, away. If it could fall away so quickly. It just you go from one season winning a Super Bowl and everything being roses and rainbows and all golden around you, and then. In the blink of an eye, uh, it can just all fall away. Look, still on top, but it's more just the performances that we're seeing at the moment that don't really give us a whole amount of confidence that they can replicate what they did last season. So, uh, good, news, good news for Kansas City, though. This week, they're playing at New England. Yeah, oh, New England are going, this, going this, like a busted at the moment. <laughs> this has the potential to be a get-right game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Is you know go into New England, blow them out. This game was so bad. This was originally scheduled to be the Monday night game this week. Mm. The NFL flexed it out of Monday night football <laughs> because the Patriots are so bad. Yeah, the Patriots have been. They've been. Sh- this is Bill. Bill. This is Bill Belichick's worst season uh, to date mm-hmm. under the Patriots. And uh, look. You wanted to say something else there. Yeah. <laughs> you caught yourself. I heard that. Hey, we've got to keep this PG rated as as far as we can go. So that I... word that word is PG. Pat McAfee <laughs> rules. That one flies under Pat McAfee rules. Okay, all right. <laughs> we can let he that knows, go. There's only hey. one there's only one word that he's banned from using on ESPN. What's that? You can say it here, it's okay. I can see it here. Yeah, he's not allowed. The two hours he's actually on the main ESPN network, he is not allowed to say fuck. <laughs> anything else is anything else is fair game. That's okay. Really interesting. Yesterday, at the end of his Friday show, right at the end, they're about to hit their heart out, and he drops the F bomb. <laughs> of course he did. They had to mute him for the final twenty. Oh, dearie me! Total accident. Pat McAfee's actually been really, really. I enjoy listening to his show every day on, on ESPN and ESPN Plus. The the third hour, nobody cares. It's just on ESPN Plus and YouTube. They, there, there is no that. Okay, there are a few words that are verboten. The F bomb definitely is not. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't see the F bomb as that bad of a word, but I mean that's just my that's just my. Uh... That's my proviso, Chris. That's my proviso, there, mate. There are broadcast standards. There I know. There are. And also remember, ESPN is owned by Disney. I'll put, yes, exactly. I'll put a I'll put a disclaimer when we uh, tweet this podcast out that there is an f bomb at a particular minute point in it. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 uh, I will inform the listeners that uh, to to not be uh, too perturbed or scared when you drop the uh, f bomb and when it in comes. So. Um, Hopefully that ain't get like scared off. Say, as we like to say over here, parental discretion is advised. It is, yes. It should be advised anyway, regardless of what we talk about, because uh, you and I just go off onto different tangents all the time. So we do. <laughs> it's always the case we with do. you and I. Uh, 
I think just before we wrap up our little NFL segment and we get onto the games for the rest of this weekend, um, the San Francisco 49ers, we had a chat about them the other day off air. Hard to find a fault with them at the moment, isn't it? Isn't it? The defense is humming. The offense is going well. Uh, they seem pretty bomb-proof at the, at the moment. Yeah, they had that little three-week blip early in the season when Debo Samuel, Trent Williams uh, were hurt. And when you lose a star-wide receiver and your left tackle, everybody's going to hit a blip in the road. Beyond that, it has been it, it has been full speed ahead for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, everybody talks about Philadelphia and Dallas, that battle in the NFC. San Francisco's the one who really holds all the cards here yep. for that one seed in the NFC because find their fatal flaw. Find me that team's fatal flaw. Last year they looked great, right up to the point they ran out of quarterbacks. Brock Purdy looks fantastic. I mean, tell me, tell me, where would you draft him uh, if you were able to redraft 2022? Oh, sure as hell ain't going Mr. Irrelevant. Oof. I mean, and I think you and I, when we, we, when we were doing, it was more the postseason review of last season uh, and then mm-hmm. leading into uh, this new season, how was he going to come back from that torn elbow? We just didn't know. No one knew. And no. as far as we know now, it looks like he's, it seems, it doesn't seem to be much of an issue for him at all. He's just playing with the freedom no. of playing. He, he's been healthy. He's been getting the ball to all his weapons. And most importantly, the Niners are winning and winning a lot. And, and even and, and even even when there, were that, there was that injury issue, remember that game back in Cleveland where – the Niners lost on a missed last-second field goal. Brock Purdy drove them down in the final seconds to get them in position to miss that field goal, which if the kicker hits it, they're 11-2, and two and they're the one seed. Exactly. Right it's a completely now. They're different a story. Philly and mm. Dallas. Mm. And the, 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 talk about, the talk about San Francisco is, they're unstoppable. This this team's going to roll. I mean, that's almost becoming the story now. Uh, I mean, Brock Purdy should be an MVP favorite this year mm. for for how well he's played. Uh, but I mean, you look at all the other Super Bowl contenders, AFC and NFC both. Everybody's got a fatal flaw. Yep. I mean, Miami can they stay healthy? Kyrie uh, Hill. Missing on Monday night. That's good of, you know, missing a couple of quarters and not looking effective. That ankle injury he suffered on Monday night. How's that going to impact Miami? Mm. Baltimore. Does Lamar Jackson stay healthy? They mm. haven't had a lot of injury issues this year, but the last couple of years in Baltimore, it's been a concern, especially if Lamar Jackson gets hurt. What happens there? Buffalo. I mean, we know the fatal flaw of Buffalo. They turn the ball over all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, Kansas City, wide receivers can't catch the ball. Philadelphia, they look gassed the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the defense hasn't been all that good. I mean, gave up, what, 33 to Dallas Correct. last week? Yep. Um, speaking of Dallas, offenses look good. Dak's throwing the ball like crazy. Problem is, the secondary has a tendency to occasionally get barbecued. Mm, correct, exactly, exactly. 
find me the fatal flaw in San Francisco. You got it. You're gonna have to break out a microscope because it's tough to see at the moment and on the winning streak they're on as well and coming into the right part oh. of the season too. It, 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 the only thing that really got them beaten last season was the injury list. That's all it was when you look back at it. And I think they came into this season looking at it and saying, well, we don't really need to change a hell of a lot. We just stay fit and we're a Super Bowl chance. Yeah, they, they ran into bad injury luck. And by bad injury luck, I mean, we're talking about breaking six mirrors, walking <laughs> under 14 ladders. Running over 15 black, black cats. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say running over, just, you know, having a herd of black cats. Around, <laughs> running, over, running over black cats. That's, uh, add that to the parental, dis- uh, parental discretion is advised uh, disclaimer. <laughs> we shall. We shall. Another one. <laughs> but, but, yeah, again, find me that fatal flaw in San Francisco. The, this Frisk, and if they're at home, if they're at Levi's, Santa Clara, all the way through the playoffs, who the hell's going in there and beating them? I don't think Philadelphia, I don't think a 100% Philadelphia team could go in and, and win in San Francisco yeah. in an NFC championship game. I really don't. And they have fought a lot of hard battles. And this is a team, San Francisco, they came into 2023 with a massive chip on their shoulder. They said the only reason we weren't playing in the Super Bowl, the only reason we didn't get to lift with Lombardi back in February was because we ran out of quarterbacks. That's the only reason Philadelphia got there, and that's the only reason Kansas City got the Lombardi trophy in the parade. That is ours, and we're going to prove it in 2023. And by God, so far through 13 games, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, it is indeed. And and I, I think the way that they put away Philadelphia and the way that they put away Dallas uh, earlier in the season, I think you just have to pencil them in at the moment as the Super Bowl favorite. And that's what the bookies are saying too. So, look, there's still a lot to play out. There's still a lot of football to play out. So uh, it's it's nice to see. I think there are there are teams in this Super Bowl race now that – outside of San Francisco, if they can get an iron out the certain flaws in their game, uh, there's every chance that we could get just one of the more open playoff series we've had in in recent times. So I don't know how it's all going to play out. Uh, I do concede that San Francisco has to be given the favourite tag um, with regards to the Super Bowl. But uh, I think the one team, and look, I, I, I will sound biased by saying this, but I do think, as you said, if Dallas can get their secondary department sorted and they can get the defense sorted, then that's probably the only part of the field and the only part of their squad that they would look at and say, okay, if we can get this right, we know the offense can fire. Dak is uh, Dak's having a career. He's having a career best year, Dak, at the moment. He's been sensational mm-hmm. this season. So uh, they've got the most important position on the ground sorted. Uh, and Dak, we knew, we know the intercept problems he had last season. He's completely ironed all those out. Now it's just up to the de- up to the defense to come to the party. And if they do, you, you have to consider Dallas a serious Super Bowl threat. Yeah, and Dallas is a is a feast or famine team. Correct in the secondary. Correct. Deron Bland's got five pick sixes. It's, it's, he's had a ridiculous season. It's, it's been a monstrous season. I it, it, it's like Diggs last year. With, with all the interceptions, you know, Deron Bland kind of picked up that slack, but he—he is—he is the—he is, is, the, is the poster child of feast or famine. Is he ever? He's either going to pick the ball off, 
take it to the house, and they're going to be celebrating down in the end zone, dancing around the end zone. Or he's going to get barbecued on a play, and the other team's going to be celebrating like, in the end zone. Like DK Metcalf there did to him. No middle, <laughs> there, there is no middle ground here. No, there there no. are no 15-yard passes when it comes to Deron Bland. It's either going to be six for the Cowboys or six for the opposition. <laughs> Uh, it makes for, it makes for entertaining football. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, you're a cowboy fan. I you're love not it. Interested in entertaining football? <laughs> we just want to win. I'll tell you. Yeah, you <laughs> just want to. And, and right now, listen. You you are perfectly on the site. You are on that annual cycle as a cowboy fan. That's true. That cycle. It's you, a vicious cycle. The hope. It's the hope that it, kills it, you. It is. Yeah. Right now you're on <laughs> step four. Right now you're on stage four. We the boys. This is our year. Do you know what? I'm actually going to post that step cycle as our picture um, and our hook into this uh, into this video link uh, into this uh, podcast link. Excellent. So uh, I think it's perfect. I think it's absolutely perfect coming into this weekend. Okay. So that that's the Dallas Cowboys. Definitely a Super Bowl threat if they can get uh, the defense order. But as you said. Uh, Chris, it's it's either sink or swim with uh, Deron Bland at the moment. And I'll tell you what, uh, I think he's one of the most exciting um, players to watch in the NFL, at least from a defensive uh, perspective this season. Uh, speaking of things that aren't exciting, the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, Brandon Staley, gone, gone, gone. Have a listen to these results out of the last couple of weeks. 63-21 to 21 loss against the Raiders, 24-7 to 7 loss against the Broncos, uh, they defeated the Patriots in what was one of the worst displays of professional football in America I think we've seen in years. Uh, they won that game 6-0. to zip. They got beaten by the Ravens 20-10. to 10. They got done by the Packers 23-20. to 20. Last in the AFC West, a record of 5-9. and nine. And uh, you said this move should have been made a little while ago. Yeah, about 11 months ago when they blew a 27-0 lead in the playoffs in Jacksonville. Hmm. I said back. I said back then the the Chargers should have made him fly home commercial. <laughs> should have, there should have been a security. There should have been a security guard at the bus, leaving the stadium in Jacksonville, go to the airport, fly home to L.A. That stopped Brandon Staley at the door to the bus and said, "I'm sorry, sir. This bus is 14 personnel only." Oh no! Oh dear me! <laughs> it's true. Thursday night. Thursday night, I was watching the, the game on Thursday night. Uh, Al Michaels, by the way, had way too much fun with this game. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 were, they were on it on Thursday night. They were uh, a, a sarcastic, I'm not sure, uh, hits the right tone with the way they were. I, it was just a ridiculous game. I mean, the Raiders covered the over-under. The over-cashed. <laughs> Exclusively because of the Raiders before <laughs> halftime. The over under was 35 and a half. The Raiders were leading at half 42 nothing. It was a ridiculous game, and, and you can't totally blame Easton Stick, the backup quarterback, because, you know, the, the, the starter, you know, he, Justin Herbert, he was out. You know, he had surgery on a, a, broken, a broken finger broken bone in his finger on his throwing hand. So he's out for the rest of the season. Easton Stick, the, the backup quarterback, who was a very good quarterback at the FCS level in college, uh, won a couple of national championships at the FCS level. So he, he's, got a lot of, he's got a lot of talent, a lot of potential. 
but just not a lot of experience, certainly at the NFL level. You can't blame all of it on him because his guys couldn't hang on to the football. Mm. Uh, the Raiders got so many short fields, in the, especially in the first half. Uh, they, were, they were 21 nothing down in the blink of an eye in, in that game Thursday night. And uh, Richard Sherman at halftime, this, this, was the, this was the line of the night. Richard Sherman at halftime said, the Chargers need to fire Staley now. <laughs> <laughs> right now, at halftime, they need to fire him. See that I, I, I'm saying it, would, it wouldn't I happen in almost, AFL circles. It wouldn't. It wouldn't happen in Aussie rules commentary. You, you wouldn't hear that at all. It's the brutal nature of American uh, broadcasting and sports. Uh, 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 listen, Richard Sherman is not one to mince words. Okay, that man's got an opinion. He's got a take. He's going to give it. And listen, I don't think he was wrong. I quite honestly, I was thinking the Raiders. At halftime, should have had an Uber waiting for it. <laughs> oh, <dear> me. <laughs> an Uber to the air. Yo, take take his bags off. Take his bags off the bus, or if they're at the airport already, take them off the team plane. Have them waiting for him at the commercial terminal. Have an Uber waiting for him outside the Death Star to take him to the commercial terminal at the airport, uh. and he can fly home. Or if he wants to rent a car. And, and just drive down I-15 back to L.A., that would have been fine, too. <laughs> Dear but, but yeah, I mean, Staley, Staley had to go. And, and Stephen A. Smith, on first take on Friday, uh, his, he, he, was, he was looking at his watch at the beginning of the show. He's like, okay, it is 7-16 West Coast time. If Brandon Staley isn't fired by 9-30, I'm going to be very disappointed. Mm. He was fired just after 9 o'clock. Uh, Pacific time on Friday morning. So they they didn't waste any time. No. When you give up 63, especially when, you're, when your forte is being a defensive guy, okay? That's how he came up. That's how he got the Chargers job. He was a, he was a defensive guy uh, with Sean McVeigh for the Rams. Yep. And got the job at the Chargers. Yep. Uh, thought he was going to be a great defensive guy. They've got a ton of talent on the defensive side of the ball in in, in Charger land. They're they're just underachieving. Uh, it was time for him to go. It was time for the general manager to go. It, it was a wholesale house cleaning. And, and giving up sixty three is bad. Giving up sixty three to your most hated rival, the Raiders, even worse. That's even worse. <laughs> it is. Season <laughs> uh, just here's, goes here's from bad to point. worse. Yeah, uh, uh, and on the Raiders' side, Antonio Pierce, he, he's making a case to get the job. Now, the last two weeks have been very interesting. Uh, you know, the Sunday game last week and then the Thursday night game. In the space of four days, here's a, here's a, uh, a case study of how numbers lie, all right? The Las Vegas Raiders, they're averaging 31.5 points a game the last two games. They give up an average of 12 points a game the last two games. Sounds pretty good, right? Uh, problem is, uh, here's where the numbers lie. They scored 63 points against the Chargers and played one of the most hideous games in NFL history four days earlier against the Minnesota Vikings, a game that NRL guys were actually there <laughs> promoting the NRL games oh, that are right. coming to Vegas next year. <laughs> Had a couple of NRL guys there being interviewed on Fox during the broadcast. 
I feel the need to apologize on behalf of my nation to those guys. It was horrific. It really was horrific. The absolute threat that they had to watch in that Minnesota Las Vegas game last Sunday. Three nothing, lowest scoring indoor game in NFL history. Three nothing. There, there. I, I actually looked. I looked on Pro Football Reference. That was the 60th time there had been a three nothing game in the NFL. Just the seventh time since the merger in 1970. And I would bet my next paycheck against a dozen stale donuts <laughs> that the other six of those games were played in absolutely hideous weather conditions. <laughs> be surprised if they would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know the most famous one, the one that I remember vividly seeing on NFL film, 1982, December of 1982, Old Foxboro Stadium. Uh, it was the Dolphins and the Patriots. Played in a snowstorm. I just, it, it snowed all. It snowed like crazy. It was coming down all game. There, it was so uh, the field was just covered in snow. The only yep. thing you could see were the yard lines because mm. there was a snow sweeper that would run up and down <laughs> right. each of the five yard lines, right. the goal line, the end line, the <laughs> sideline, to to keep that clear because the snow kept covering those lines up. And at least you need some sort of reference to what yard line the ball's at, mm. where the goal line is, the end zone's at. So they had the street, the the sweeper, the snow sweeper keeps coming across occasionally. Come down to the end of the game, it's scoreless. Last seconds of the game, New England's driving. They're in the field goal range. They call a timeout uh, to try to to set up a game-winning field goal. You got all eleven of the Patriots out there trying to clear area on this after old-school astroturf field to give the kicker enough space to have the ball put down, and he's got a place where he can plant his foot without worrying about slipping. Mm, mm, so mm. what happens? This Remember, this is in Foxborough. It's New England kicking it. Okay, So during this timeout, the snow sweeper comes out. He's going to sweep the, one of the five-yard lines. Okay, I don't remember which one it was, but he was going to come out, just run down the path that he'd been running down. Took a little left-hand detour behind the Patriots' offensive line, turned that snow sweeper on right coincidentally about eight yards behind the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Cleared all the snow off right where the guy's going to kick it from. I wonder who got paid and, for that. And, 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 and then goes off to the other sideline. Uh, by the way, the guy who was driving the snow sweeper, a convicted felon on work release. Oh, really? <laughs> I reckon there might still be an undisclosed check to win the rounds. <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no doubt that guy paid, got paid a little bit for, for doing that. He, he got a little bit of money put in the commissary account. Oh, dearie me. Dearie when he went back to his home. Uh, the Patriots wind up kicking the field goal, winning the game 3 nothing. Todd Shula was hot. Oh, dearie me. Oh, he was, he was steamed about that one. Uh, but, yeah, one of the – Go go check the NFL films of that one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. That, that is just a classic. I'm gonna and have it, to. Isn't it weird how? Isn't it weird how weird things happen in New England? <laughs> there's, there's also some weird things happening there at the moment. They're, they're going absolutely terribly. Yeah. Well, listen, they're you know they're they're hoping they're on the clock. 
because they need a quarterback up there in the worst. They right? really because, do. Yeah, they uh, really, really Mac do. Mac Jones isn't cutting it. Zippy really isn't cutting it. Bailey Zappi really isn't cutting it. Um, yeah, it, it's it's not good. There, there's talk Belichick's going to be gone mm. at the end of the year. Mm. Yeah, for, up, in, up in New England. And I don't the think thought it's... that Bill Belichick, and the thought of Bill Belichick not coaching the New England. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? It, it is it is crazy to think about. But at the same time, he is getting up there in age. He is in his 70s now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he's lost his fastball a little bit. Yeah, well, they do say all good things eventually come to an end, sir. Uh, I'm sure the ring... Father Time Father Time is undefeated. Yes, and I'm he's sure the New England the, the New England Patriots are a great organization. They'll rebuild and rejig and regenerate again in the not-too-distant future. Um, week 15 of the NFL, we'll just quickly zip through that, um, and then we'll get onto some college ball and wrap it all up. Uh, what are the big games we're looking forward to? The Cardinals 49ers, obviously the 49ers, clear-cut favourite in that game. The Bills and Cowboys we mentioned earlier as well. Interesting game for the Eagles against the Seahawks. That's Monday night football. Going to be an absolute cracker, that one. Uh, outside of that, Lions-Broncos. Lions-Broncos is a good one. Looking forward to this one. Yeah, that... Yeah, we talked about the Eagles. They really need this one. They, the, you know, the Seahawks, they're in that fight for, for an NFC wild card spot. They're, you look at the standings, though. You just look at the standings this year. How many teams are really out yep. right now with four games to go? When, when you think about it, you pull up the playoff standings, I mean, there's only really two teams I can think of that are truly out. Uh, that would be New England. I, they are officially out. They, they have the little E next to their name in the, in the uh, playoff standings. And in Carolina, mm. everybody else has a pathway to the playoffs. Yep. Okay, now, you know, teams like Arizona and Washington, uh, their path is a river path uh, in Queensland <laughs> with 10,000 crocodiles within 100 feet. <laughs> Not the best path in the world to be on, but they do theoretically have a path. But I, you're, we're talking about, especially the AFC. I, in the AFC right now, 15 teams. Yeah, it's what, one, know, one, one wrong step. I'll, I'll, one wrong step and your I'll leg's bitten the, off. I, I will actually throw the Chargers out. Uh, they're 5-9. and nine. They've got three games left. They're not going to have a winning record. They're not getting a wild card with a losing record. Yep. It's just not going to happen. Correct. Here. So I'm going to throw the Chargers out, but you're still going down 14 teams. I mean, the Titans at five and eight, the Jets at five and eight. How'd the Jets look last week against Houston, a team that had been going gangbusters? I mean, you know, uh, Zach Wilson, second half. Zach Wilson looked like freaking Joe Montana in the second <laughs> half in a rainstorm. Imagine if the Jets actually Houston. had Aaron Rodgers in there. Oh, yeah, 2023 for Gang Green, it is going to be the biggest what-if. I know, I know. In in NFL history. It really is. For the New York Jets. Four plays into the year, Aaron Rodgers goes down with a with a torn Achilles. Now, his alleged target date to return is next Sunday, Christmas Eve. So, Incredible effort if he can. I don't know how he's going to do it, but an incredible he's, effort if he does. He's he's practicing at least. He's a limited participant in practice right now, and that is nuts to think about because 
He's three months removed from an Achilles surgery. Crazy. From a surgery to repair his Achilles tendon. And there's even the thought of a slight possibility he could take a snap next week mm. for the next couple of weeks. I, if the, and if the Jets still have a pathway to the playoffs, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. Because Aaron Rodgers has always had this FU mentality to every doubter. Okay, Aaron Rodgers marches to the beat of his own drum, and it's a drum that he only hears in his head, I think. <laughs> but he still marches to that beat, and you know, more power to him. He does his thing. But I'm not going to say he's not going to tell Robert Sala if he if he feels like he could go out there and do something, and the Jets have a path to the playoffs, no matter <laughs> how remote it may be. I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, we I... could totally see that, that happen. And, and for him to do that less than four months after rupturing his Achilles. Crazy to think, huh? I am, my, my, my God, maybe, maybe I ought to thought about, think about taking some Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> could, 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 go to could, a darkness retreat. Could, could or, very or, well be. Or, could be the new magic potion for Achilles tendon tears. It could be the it could be the way the uh, strength and conditioning departments go. I don't know how that'd go down, but uh. <laughs> well, listen, uh, I I can't remember the guy who the name of the guy who did the surgery, but he you know this guy's this guy's like a, seems like a magic man. If he gets if Crazy. if the surgeon in the rehab Juju. gets Aaron Rodgers back on the field in less than four months. Dude's gonna be making. Dude's gonna be a billionaire. Uh, yeah. Everybody who ruptures their Achilles is gonna be saying, "Hey, would you fix mine?" It's we uh, the elephant juice. I think is what uh, we call it here down under. The magic, the magic potion, is what uh, is what I yeah. think the surgeons give it him. So uh, all to play for okay. for the Jets, regardless. As you said, even if even if the chances of them making the playoffs are finite, to see Aaron Rodgers on the field after what happened before the season started would be. Um, absolutely incredible um, for the Jets. So, it would. Um, absolutely insane. Um, all right, let's wrap up NFL there, shall we? Uh, we're done and dusted with that. Just before we wrap things up here for the Arab Power podcast, uh, now a little bit of news out of college football, uh, the playoffs in particular. <laughs> uh, now Florida State copped a bit of a snub. Tell us uh, exactly what happened here. Copped a bit of a snub. How about a knee to the nut? <laughs> All that. that. That's fair. That is that is Florida State's perspective. They got punched, they got slapped in the face, punched in the gut, and kneed in the groin <laughs> by the college football playoff committee. Oh, and the poor buggers. They're 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 because listen, what happened to them? And this, you know, this goes back a couple of weeks. But, man, when the announcement was made of the the final four teams, the, the actual playoff teams, state of Florida, you could hear the screaming from Florida <laughs> all the way up in Alaska. I, it, it was loud. I, we're talking politicians. We're talking senators. We're talking the governor. We're talking the attorney general making threats to the college football playoff <laughs> committee, uh, accusing collusion. It... There, there is money budgeted to sue by the state of Florida in, in the actual state budget. Just saying here, um, there, there's so Florida Governor Ron DeSantis um, has said he plans to set aside a million dollars from the state's annual budget. 
for potential litigation over the issue. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, the, the, one of the senators, Rick Scott, he has uh, he has sent letters to the committee. The committee has responded, and Rick Scott went off. I and listen, I understand where Florida State's coming from because for the first time in the history of the playoffs, we're at ten years now with the playoffs. This had never happened. An undefeated Power Five conference champion, and that's what Florida State was, thirteen and zero ACC champion did not make it into the playoffs. Most years, undefeated Power 5 champion, yeah, it's not, it's not an issue. You're going to get in no matter how bad your conference was. And the ACC, let's be honest, it's not the best conference in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, Of the Power 5, it was number 5. Of the Power 4 next year, because the Pac-12 has become the Pac-2 and is disappearing next Correct. year, uh, they're going to be number 4. Uh, unless some improvement get uh, unless some improvement gets made, like Clemson returns back to being Clemson, and you know Louisville, who made the ACC championship game, although they didn't look good in that in that title game. But Florida State, it, it's it's kind of kind of unfair, but it's it's just the way of life in college football. Yep, they were down to their third string quarterback. Okay, uh, Jordan. Jordan Travis, in the game against Florida, their rivalry game, final regular season game, suffered a hideous leg injury. One, one of those injuries that ESPN did not show a replay of. Mm. And told, it said, here's why we're not showing you. It's hideous. You don't want to see it. Just trust us. It, it was that bad. Uh, he, Jordan Travis was fantastic all season long, running the ball, throwing the ball, and had Florida State at 12 and up. They went to their backup quarterback, and he was doing all right. He got hurt, actually had to go into the concussion protocol. So Florida State was down to their third-string quarterback for the ACC championship game against Louisville, and that offense looked lost. Yeah. They wound up winning 16-6. The, the touchdown was a defensive touchdown, if I remember correctly. They did not look good, and that cracked the door open for somebody to slide in from, you know, number five, number six, that region. Remember, the, the final ranking before the, the final one, the penultimate one, had, I believe, Texas five and Alabama six in, in the rankings. Okay? Texas wound up winning the Big 12 championship, so they finished 12 and one. Michigan won the Big 10 against Iowa, which, you know, quite honestly, is four or three points against Iowa, you're, you're in a good position to win, because Iowa's offense was non-existent all year. Uh, so Michigan finishes 13-0. and Washington won the Pac-12, beat Oregon for the second time. So they wind up with the two seed. Michigan's the one seed. Texas wound up being the three seed. And then you know, there's one team I haven't mentioned yet, Georgia. Yes. 29 wins in a row two-time defending, reigning, undisputed national champion. Alabama beat them in the SEC championship game. The, the one game that, was the, that, that would kick off all the chaos was Alabama beating Georgia. Because mm. if Georgia wins, Georgia two-time champ, 13-0, SEC champ, they're in, no doubt about Correct. it. Obviously, they've been number one all year. Um, the unthinkable happened. Georgia lost for the first time in 104 weeks. 
since the 2021 SEC championship game against Alabama. Alabama wound up doing that and, and winning the SEC championship. So now the committee was left. They, they had their, the three, Michigan, Washington, Texas. Who the hell do you put into that four spot? Because you're going to break precedent regardless because you're either going to snub a 13-0 and Power 5 champion and not put them in the playoff, or you're going to snub the SEC, who just had Alabama take out the two-time defending champion. Exactly. So okay? some, Plus, someone's going to be upset. Alabama. Somebody's going to be royally pissed off. <laughs> Let, let's not mince words here. Okay? They wind up pissing off the state of Florida. The committee did big time. But I think ultimately they got it right. Now here, if I was, if I was in charge, here's what here's what Chris would have done. I would have gotten on the phone with Georgia, Texas, Florida State, and Alabama, all four at the same time. Said, "Okay, we can't distinguish between you. Y'all are great. Y'all look good. Y'all have a flaw. Okay. Texas, Georgia, Georgia, you're going to Austin." to play on December 16th in a knockout game. Alabama, you're going to Tallahassee to play Florida State on December 16th right. to, play a, to play a knockout game. Winners get into the Final Four. Whoever says no, well, you're out now. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Expanded to six for this year because, really, they were the six best teams mm, in mm. college football, and they all had a legitimate case. And the playoffs expanding to 12 next year anyway, why not? Who would have said no, especially the fans? Who would have said no to a trip to Tallahassee to watch Alabama and Florida State? Who would have said no to watching Texas hosting Georgia in front of 170 million at Texas Memorial, Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium? So you think they missed okay, the really trick? They've missed the trick by not. Yeah. And by not opening and expanding. Look, I don't. I don't profess to know the intricacies know. of it. I don't. I don't even think the people running it know the intricacies of it. Really, I. I, I wonder sometimes too if <laughs> they really know what the heck they're doing. But ultimately, I think they got the right four. Okay. They put Florida State in. Florida State was obviously deserving. Yep. And you can make an absolute case for them. But part of the part of the protocol is in col- in the in the college football playoffs. The committee is allowed to look at missing personnel, mm. injured players that impacted prior or could impact future games, playoff games. That That is in the protocol for them to consider, and that's exactly what mm. they did. They looked at Florida State, looked at how awful they looked at that ACC championship game and said, you know, Alabama, they've – they just beat Georgia. We we can't leave out the team that just took down the two-time defending yeah, exactly. champion. Exactly. And, and in all honesty, all in all honesty, I think Texas rode Alabama's coattails to get into the playoffs as well. Because uh, mm, mm. I think if Alabama had not beaten Georgia, Texas might have had some issues with with being in the playoffs. Because at twelve, you know, they were twelve and one. Winning the Big 12 championship, I, I think honestly Texas got, took advantage of it because Texas beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa back in week two. 
So I really think Texas rode, the, rode Alabama's coattails. Once Alabama was in, it's not like they can say, well, sorry, Texas, you beat Alabama. Yeah, you exactly. beat the SEC champion. Exactly. We've had you ahead of them all year, and you exactly. haven't had a loss, but we're still kicking you out. Mm, mm, mm. That wasn't going to happen. No, so it would make, it'd make a lot more people angry. Uh, yeah, and, and <laughs> do you really want to piss off Texas? Uh, no, no, <laughs> they won't. They won't. They won't be putting aside. Uh, they won't be putting aside money for litigation. They'll be putting aside Second Amendments, mate. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you say are you suggesting they may be taking a, uh, taking a little too much advantage? Maybe, maybe. Potentially be the case. I'm not. I'm not going to dismiss that idea out of hand. <laughs> oh dear, <laughs> man. Listen, Tex, Texas was a republic before it was a state. Correct. Correct. They, they do have a freedom streak down there. So. <laughs> do they ever? Do they ever? Do they ever? Uh, I reckon that might do us, Chris, sir. Uh, we've gone. This is going to become the hour of uh, an hour and a quarter hour of power for us. <laughs> awesome. Hey, hey, listen. This is what we do. We just get on the tangents. We talk. We, we try to keep it sports related as much as possible. But that's not necessarily. No, 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 no. I, no, I, no. Think, we, I think we did a good job. This I time. think so. I think so. We we veered off on a few tangents, but we brought it back and came around full circle, and we got back on the beaten path. Yeah. So, uh, for we those wondering, yeah, exactly. We, we took the scenic route. The scenic route's always nice to take every now and again. Um, give us some feedback and let us know what you think, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Leave some feedback in the comments section. I mean, American sports, it's not my absolute expertise. It's your expertise, Chris. That's why we get you in, and that's why we always love listening to you. So uh, as the as the months go by, as the years go by, I've always begun or I've sort of begun to take a real keen eye on American football and the college football scene. Uh, you know, and it's very, very entertaining. I love speaking about it now. And uh, may the Dallas Cowboys go from strength to strength in the back end of the NFL season, sir. So... Um, I reckon that, we reconvene that, that very, very soon player. and get this done again. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've got the NFL playoffs starting in less than a month. We've got the Super Bowl coming in February, college football playoff, all the bowl games. I mean, we've got 40-plus bowl games that start actually on the day we're recording this, December 16th, early afternoon U.S. time. We've got the Myrtle Beach Bowl going on, which, you know, to, to play in a one play a football game, in one of my favorite places in the country, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, kind of off the beaten track, but really a nice town to go to if you've ever visited. Uh, and you know, we'll have other great bowl games. My Missouri Tigers are playing Ohio State, which would have been an incredible playoff game and a 12-team mm. playoff this year. They're playing down in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas, uh, one of the New Year's Six bowl games. You know, we mentioned Florida State and Georgia. They're playing in the, does anybody really give a damn bowl? Uh, we'll find out if Florida State does. I got a feeling Florida State's going to go into the Orange Bowl with a massive chip on their shoulder and probably walk out of the tunnel with both middle fingers flying <laughs> to the college football world. We're leave us out of the playoffs. Screw you. We're going to show you what belong when they play Georgia. And it's going to be real interesting. Who plays for Georgia? 
Does mm. Georgia take it seriously? That's something to actually think about. We'll yeah, get into it next time. Maybe next time we I talk. Think we might, yeah. Uh, it's, some of these college football bowl games. That's, that's something they're going to have to consider for the first time in a long, long time, uh, Chris. First yeah, time in a long, long while. Do so. they take it? Do they take the Orange Bowl seriously, or is it just kind of a letdown? Okay, we'll give the young guys a chance to play. We'll start building toward the future instead of finishing off 2023. Yeah. Um, as the as the two time champion, so very, it'll very be interesting, interesting to see when 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 the Orange Bowl comes around. But yeah. you know that's what we've got. And then of course, once football's done, the sport never ends over here in the United States. We'll always find stuff to course, talk about. Of course, mate, we'll find absolutely anything to talk about, even snail racing if it comes about. <laughs> well, told, no, no, let's not get back into pandemic era programming, please. <laughs> oh, we're going way, we're going well and truly away from that. Well and truly away from that. Uh, Chris, we're going to wrap it up. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Uh, leave us some feedback. Let us know where we've done well, where we can do better, and uh, we'll reconvene in about a fortnight's time. I reckon. How's that sound? That hey, sounds good to me. I, I am available anytime. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, hour of power, done and dusted. We'll be back in about a fortnight. Uh, we'll speak to you very soon, guys. Herbert.